Welcome to the Art of Homemaking podcast, where we are reviving the art of homemaking in the modern age. I am your host, Nessa Black, and I am joined by my co-host and best friend turned sister, Shannon Vantrese. From gardening to homesteading, cooking wholesome meals to creating a cozy home environment, we discuss it all and everything in between. Thank you for tuning in. Now pour yourself a cup of something cozy and let's get started. Welcome to episode 32 of the Art of Homemaking podcast. Today, I felt brave to intro the podcast, so hello. (laughs) Vanessa's here with me as well. Hi. (laughs) We were reflecting a lot about the feedback that we've been getting from listeners, um, reviews and Instagram DMs, and we were comparing notes, and a lot of our listeners are young, newly married, we're just people who are new to homemaking in general. Even teenagers. Yeah, no, I saw a few people reach out. And we were we were talking about like our listener base and how we there's like so much variety in who listens and I don't feel like we've really spoken directly to people who are new to homemaking. And so today we wanted to make an episode specifically for people who are new to homemaking, like where to begin, um, and kind of just give you a little boost of inspiration on how to start this endeavor that maybe seems a little old-fashioned or is like not common in today's society um something that might feel a little lonely even and just encourage you guys with some of our best sources of inspiration over the years as we've become a little bit more experienced as homemakers i say a little bit more yeah Yeah, we're definitely (laughs) learning every single day still exploring all the different things that we want to learn over the course of making a house a home. Yeah, absolutely. One of my greatest sources of inspiration um, since really diving into homemaking and and seeing it as an art that I want to hone um, is actually books. I I don't even really know where it began, but I slowly started picking up books on like home, home design, homemaking, different homemaking topics. over the years, I, I mean, I, I can think back to like five, six years ago mm-hmm. when I picked up like book a book on like minimalism and mm-hmm. and started to like really think through like what what I actually had in my home um, to now when I'm like reading books that are on like the heart of a homemaker um, and like diving in even deeper into this topic. Um, but I think books are such a great a great source of inspiration, especially if you like reading. If you're not somebody who likes reading, maybe audiobooks would be more for you. But some of my favorite books that have really inspired me over the years as I've been dabbling in homemaking and like really now consider it like my main role um, are Home Management Plain and Simple by Kim Brenneman. It's a great book on like how to actually manage your home and gives really good tips on like cleaning and routines and um, how to take care of like the day-to-day tasks that it takes to actually run a home. How to Make a House a Home by Ariel Kay. Um, This is actually probably one of my favorite like easy read (laughs) homemaking type books Um, and it was actually it was written by the person who started the brand Parachute which is like one of my favorite home design stores, (laughs) home interior stores. And then pretty much any book by Mrs. Sharon White. She's just like a wealth of inspiration. Um, Her books are very like digestible, but Mm -hmm. like full of wisdom. And just, she just has such a sweet heart for 
being a homemaker and she makes me want to be so much better yeah. <laughs> when, when I read her books. Yeah, Vanessa actually bought me For the Love of Christian Homemaking by Miss Sharon White. And that was, I think, my first homemaking book. Mm-hmm. Beyond that, I remember dabbling in a lot of home design prior to that. But in the end, it all circles back to the heart of it, of being homemaking. Mm-hmm. It's not about what you're filling your home. It's like that heart inside the home. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, her books are great. Um, and I'm excited to read so many more. There's so many more out there to, to look into. Yeah. And then, like, you know, if you're looking for, like, good cookbooks, I mean, we both agreed. Oh. Anything by Betty Crocker is probably yeah. a safe bet. <laughs> Betty Crocker is a staple in my little home. <laughs> and I, I really started off, like, looking back to my younger years, uh, I would go through stacks of cookbooks. Like, I got a bundle, I think there was, like, 30 all at once. And I remember <laughs> tabbing out all the pages of sticky notes of, like, I want to make this for recipes and you know, I think this was right around the time that Sean and I started dating. And I remember thinking, these are all the dinners I want to make. So wherever you're getting your inspiration from, so be it. Um, but cookbooks were like kind of like my first way I was dabbling into the world of homemaking. Mm-hmm. Um, and because Sean and I got married at a young age, just uh, at 21, we just, I just wanted to hit the ground running and just start Figuring out all the things that <laughs> requires to run a home, help help with whatever I could, and like find a love for it. Yeah, I remember ripping pages out of magazines. Oh like, yeah, you know, like I can't even remember like the magazines I, I would find, but I I would find like a good looking recipe and yeah. I rip the page out and save it in a folder. And I think, yeah, yeah, I think like uh, looking back, it's funny like the magazines I was drawn to, drawn towards, but like Good Housekeeping. Yes, yes, that was. I that. treated every page like it was gold, and I was Southern like, Living. I was like, oh yeah, I was like, look at that beautiful garden. But yeah, I, yeah, I mean, any of these, any of these like hard copy, hold in your hands, yeah. like sources of inspiration are just to me like that's my favorite. Like, mm-hmm. my favorite way to take in information is, like, holding it in my hands and seeing imagery and, like, reading the words. And I like hearing people's stories. And Anyway, um, books are just a really great source of inspiration. If you haven't really, like, if you're newer to homemaking and mm-hmm. you haven't really started diving into, like, inspiration from people who are a lot more experienced than us, even, there are just so many great homemaking books out there. And these are some really great ones that I definitely recommend. I was thinking back to when I started really diving into homemaking and considering myself a homemaker. And one of the things that was really valuable for me was finding community um, and like connecting with other women who also valued creating a home environment for their family. And this is this can be challenging if you don't have a really great in-person community or depending on where you live there might not be a whole lot of people out there who are homemakers or or easy to identify as homemakers rather um so what i think in-person connection is so important and like it's absolutely i think so important to seek that out um and i think there probably are some really great facebook groups out there to find other homemakers in your area or maybe meetup groups um, if you are somebody who is struggling to find that, online is also a really great place to find this community because there are some really awesome people who I've been able to connect with um, on the internet even. And some people who I've never spoken directly to but who have just had a 
immense impact on my life. I know YouTube has been like a really big source of inspiration for you, right? Yeah, I remember slowly but surely I kept clicking on more and more videos that entailed like how to clean your home, how to meal prep, how to like all these home related videos. And I slowly but surely got sucked into, wow, there's people that love this kind of stuff just as much as I do. And, and they don't get bored cleaning their home. They, they find <laughs> ways to make it enjoyable. They share all these great tips. And I don't know, it's just really exciting when you see people who have a heart for their home. And like, that's what I want. And that's what I want my home to be. Yeah. I think what's cool about like the online content that's out there, whether it's on Instagram or YouTube, is like, people portraying homemaking as this beautiful thing and like the tasks that they get to do as a privilege. Yeah, they get to do. They get to Mm -hmm. do them. Yeah. Um, And that, I think that was something that like, as silly as it sounds, it kind of gave me permission to enjoy what I naturally did enjoy, which was like cooking and cleaning and um, trying to set a home environment that was cozy and um, like being interested in design. I, I, I think for a long time I felt guilty liking those things, mm-hmm. as silly as that is. Um, but yeah, seeing other people embracing that kind of was like, wow, maybe I can embrace this about myself. And there's value there. <clears throat> yeah. Immense value. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the internet can be a beast, but it also can be a really wonderful place to find mm-hmm. um, really amazing inspiration and meet really cool people who um you maybe would have otherwise never met and our our community here on the art of homemaking podcast is just so sweet and generous like i've i've gotten so much inspiration from these women who listen to our podcast and men for that matter it's just such a great community um of people who collect on this podcast even also, if you're new to homemaking, I find that connecting with like older generations can be really beneficial to your growth as a homemaker. For me, my grandma was a big inspiration and still is like uh, making homemade bread from scratch. And so I grew up watching that and thinking, how cool is this? I made something from scratch and it's homemade and just finding a love for cooking. I feel like there's just so much you can learn from older generations and it's important to capitalize on that. I really enjoy watching older movies and shows, um, whether they were like actually made a long time ago or they depict times in the past. Um, I think the media that you consume can be a source of inspiration or it can be kind of a hindrance to you. Mm-hmm. So um, it's something that I do try to consume consciously. Um, but some of my favorite shows and movies that have really inspired me in homemaking have been Pride and Prejudice. Um, just seeing like how their household runs and how like, you know, if a guest comes by, everybody drops everything mm-hmm. and is, you know, and is present for that guest and starts the dinner yep. and has long conversation with coffee. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like a whole event, you know? Um, and the movie little women, um, just like, I just love seeing how everybody chips in. Everybody has their own roles in the household and seeing kind of how they divide up the work and who does what. And, um, and then just, how like home is the center of life and when you when you're leaving for any reason it's like a whole event it's a whole it's usually a big deal um 
and Little House on the Prairie is another great show. I love watching. It's there's a you know obviously a great book series as well. Um, that's just chock full of homemaking inspiration. Um, if you read those books with a filter on, of I want to learn how these people did homemaking, you will learn so much from those books. Um, and even in the shows, there's a lot depicted that's like very intentional living yeah very intentional and very slow um and there's just there's so much joy that they took in their daily life um despite times being really hard (laughs) despite not having very much yeah yeah it was a very humble way of life um and I think it's a great it's great to live your your life um as a homemaker somebody who's you know making a home humbly and and learn skills that would be valuable if you're ever in need, whether you have tons of resources or not. I think it's great to um, to learn from times of the past where people had to provide, you know, every little thing for themselves. Mm-hmm. Would be resourceful. Yeah, and and to know how to take care of your family in case if you ever were in need. I think a really great question to ask is, what does your household actually need? And. Mm-hmm. This is a conversation that I think you should have with your spouse. Um, and continue to have. <laughs> yes, it, it does not happen overnight. I mean, I don't know about you, but like in our house, I feel like when I look back on when we were first married <laughs> versus now, like the roles have completely changed. Yeah. Like who does what has shifted dramatically, um, especially as like work and life mm-hmm. and... Um, different skills have changed for each of us and time commitments. Yeah, absolutely. I look back to when we were first married and I remember thinking, let's divide as many of these tasks as possible. I want to live a very partner 50-50 life. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) slowly but surely, I felt like that changed over time. And, And for the better, really, because I was doing more of the things I really loved to contribute doing mm-hmm. and taking different tasks on what I came to the conclusion eventually in my marriage was I want to be the one that does these things for my husband and serve our home in that way. And if mm-hmm. that meant I'm taking on more of the roles than not, that's just how we were going to operate as a house. And I can't tell you how many times I saw the burden of when my husband would come home from work that alleviate over time because I was choosing to do more to support the home and Mm -hmm. he was focusing and having more space to focus on his career and what is helping us in that way by providing for our family. Um, And I think that's really where my love for not just being married, but like homemaking in general really started was realizing that this is an important role and this allows my husband to do things that he wouldn't normally have the time to do. Yeah, I I had several times where I was taking on tasks thinking, oh, this is what I need to be doing as a homemaker. And I didn't even think to ask my husband, like, what would be the most valuable support to him? And there was, I remember us sitting down one time and I asked him, how can I best support you in our home? Like... Uh, is there are there certain chores that 
you just really want off your plate? Um, are there things that I'm not doing that I should be doing? Are there things that I'm doing that you don't think I need to be doing that you would do or whatever? Like, how should we, how should we divide up like who does what and what would be the most supportive? If you could have it how you wanted it, what would you have me spending my time doing? And that's good. It's, it's vulnerable. <laughs> like it's a vulnerable conversation to have. I think, um, I think it's a really valuable conversation yes. to have. Yes, because your your spouse is your partner in life. You, um, I mean, I think if you're married, <laughs> that is, um, you know, you are there supporting them. They're they're supporting you in senses, and um, I think it's important to know that you're supporting each other in ways that are the most valuable to one another. Um, after that conversation, it was really enlightening to me. Um, and like things that I could be doing more of mm-hmm. and should be spending less time on. Um, and like little ways that I can support him that I wasn't supporting him at that time. Yeah, it's just, I think it's a valuable conversation to have. And and then stepping back and just looking like, what does my household need? And sometimes that, that answer is really, really obvious. Like if it's an absolute wreck, maybe your house <laughs> needs clean. <laughs> um, um, if, if there's a lot of chaos, maybe it needs more calm. And how can you, as the homemaker, set the tone for your home? And how can you meet this need in your household? So along with assessing what your household needs and talking with your spouse and like getting clear on your role in your so-called job description, I think it's also very important to do some self-evaluation on what areas you need to improve in. Um, it could be your use of time. Like if you waste a lot of time on your phone, for example, I think a lot of us are guilty of that. <laughs> um, it could be your cooking. Maybe you're struggling with cooking or you don't really see yourself as a cook or a good cook. Um, maybe it could be cleaning or your schooling if you're a homeschooler. Um, whatever your roles are in your home, I think it's really helpful to just take a step back and be honest with yourself and be like, you know, as if you were the manager of yourself, <laughs> what would your job review be of yourself? <laughs> I think once you've established what areas you'd like to improve in, I think the next step forward is setting small goals to grow in those skills. Mm-hmm. So when I think back to early years of marriage, um, I wasn't doing the finances at first and once I took that job over, I looked at how, how do I get us moving forward? How do we establish where we're headed with our finances and how to really save our money and put it in areas that we're telling our money to go to? Because I think also being a good homemaker is making sure you're being wise with your finances. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, because, you know, your spouse or whoever is working really hard to provide and, and you want to ease that burden for them by doing your part and seeing seeing what areas you can save money and build build financial freedom yeah and for me i think i had a really strong foundation in cleaning like i knew a lot about cleaning because i had worked as a housekeeper for years as a teenager but cooking was like i could cook but it was one of those things that just kind of I didn't get why (laughs) anybody would enjoy it and I didn't really get the value in it at all it was just Mm -hmm. kind of like I guess I have to cook a meal now yeah we have to kind of eat we're gonna starve (laughs) I guess so you know I I relied pretty heavily on frozen meals at that time like early on in our marriage or just like 
yeah like a frozen made the pizza. same like yeah i was i went definitely went through a frozen pizza phase um i'd make or i'd make the same like two meals over and over and i'd my husband enjoyed cooking so i usually kind of defaulted to letting him take over cooking but um it was i think it was just maybe a year ago that i really i mean it, for several years now i have i have cooked more and more but about a year or a year and a half ago i really started um deciding that i wanted to grow in my cooking skills and actually enjoy cooking and take interest in cooking because i realized that food was life in a lot of senses and nourishment is very important yeah and i i started learning about nutrition and i started caring about what i put in our food and what you're buying yeah absolutely and like the quality of the ingredients and making those little goals and um learning more and more about nutrition and our bodies and how i can best cook for my family Mm -hmm. food became something that i was interested in and cooking became something that i enjoyed and um it took like setting like little small goals Mm -hmm. of like i'm gonna cook dinner tonight and i'm gonna cook i'm gonna challenge myself to try this recipe you know yeah and i'm gonna get it done by this time (laughs) yes yes or like here's our dinner time and try to meet that goal and just like little those little small goals really are just like in anything Mm -hmm. they they are what (laughs) what get you to the big goal the final product yeah Yeah. i think you really found a good angle though for you because i know how you know aware and conscientious of making something as healthy as you can Mm -hmm. and i think that probably has helped you find a love for cooking a little bit more yeah because you care mm-hmm. about the nutrition side of yeah. things. Now I see it like cooking as I'm feeding my family. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it didn't click with me like that before. I saw it as I have to cook. <laughs> yeah. But now I see it as I'm, I am nourishing my family. And that to me feels like a really big responsibility and one I don't take lightly anymore. So if, if there's a skill that you're wanting to develop, just start setting small goals. Read a book about it. Talk to somebody about it. Ask for advice on it you know, practice it daily. (laughs) And, um, we also, we did a podcast episode, um, called something along the lines of how to level up your homemaking. And that's a really great one to refer to if you, um, are wanting to really develop your skills as a homemaker as well. I know that when I first really started getting into homemaking, it seems like the first thing I turned to was either YouTube videos, but also podcasts. Mm podcasts yeah. i found the beauty in playing a podcast while taking my phone around the house and doing my chores and it just felt like i was listening to friends who were going about their daily home rhythms with me and i just fell in love with hearing people share about homemaking and i know we have a few favorites um yeah I really love The Simple Farmhouse Life. Uh, That's a really inspirational podcast that just really gets in there and talks about some great topics. Yeah, and I really enjoy The Thankful Homemaker podcast. That one's a really inspiring um, Christian homemaker podcast. And same with the Elizabeth Elliott podcast. She's no longer alive, but these were talks that she gave years ago. And um, I think she has a lot of wisdom to share as well. And then a fun one is Homemaker Chic. I'm oh, sure yeah. if you're a homemaker and you listen to podcasts, you've probably heard of them. Um, and then, of course, our podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I gotta mention that, I guess. I think one of the most important things, if you're new to homemaking, is 
start somewhere. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> don't get stuck and feel overwhelmed. We don't have this figured out when you start. I feel like when I started looking into homemaking a little bit deeper, I quickly realized that there is a wealth of information out there. And I think it's just important to really set some small goals about the areas that you want to learn more about and start there. Don't feel overwhelmed by everything. Pick a category that you want to dabble in more and and learn that and try and try again (laughs) because you might not get it the first time and that's okay. I think sometimes it's as simple as establishing a wake-up time. Like, this is the time I get up. And sometimes that can take weeks to really get down. Or years. Or years, (laughs) like if you're like me. Um, Or even establishing a cleaning routine. Um, How can you get your house clean over the course of you know, a week or two weeks. Or learning how to cook something new. Like I mm-hmm. learned how to cook my first whole chicken <laughs> <laughs> recently. Um, <laughs> and it, it was great. Like something I would have been a little shy to try out. Sometimes you just have to just rip off the band-aid and do it. Absolutely. I, I always use this phrase, but I think it's it's very relevant in homemaking. Um, and that is to fail forward. I think if you're afraid of messing up or you're afraid of burning the chicken, you're afraid of not getting the toilet clean this week, <laughs> whatever, um, maybe not waking up on time, you're never going to start. And it's so important to just fail forward. You will fail. There will be times that you suck at something, <laughs> to put it bluntly. Um, and you will just have to keep trying. And you might mess up over and over and over again but every single time you're going to learn something new and I think that's a really important valuable skill to learn in life in general but as a homemaker it's really important to not get caught up in perfectionism and to allow yourself grace for failure and I think there comes a time too when you start to push yourself like I don't need to fail at this anymore it's time for me to get this figured out and and be tough with yourself and and push through and figure it out and sometimes that takes asking for help like we've talked about and sometimes that takes seeking out inspiration um but regardless i think building upon your curiosities and really um honing skills by actually actively doing them is the best thing you can do if you're starting homemaking, um, even if it's just one thing at a time. This is a never-ending learning process. <laughs> I've I had a friend tell me that she was listening to our podcast and she felt really overwhelmed by some of the things that we shared that we like to do in our home. Like she, I think she specifically was saying when Shannon um, had shared that she gets up early to make her husband's breakfast. And she's like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine (laughs) doing that at this point in time. But she's been married for two years and it's a very different story than when you've been married for 10 years. Yeah, for sure. It takes time to get a handle on all the things. And even with years of experience, we still go through periods of overwhelm and phases where we are not doing it well. Um, I think it's called homemaker homemaker fatigue. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Is that a real thing? Because yeah. I feel like it is. There are totally there are days that I'm just like, I don't want to wash another dish. <laughs> and I think we all experience the same feelings, um, and the same struggles. And 
And becoming a proficient homemaker doesn't just happen overnight, and it doesn't just happen because you have the intent of being amazing at this. Just like any other skill, it takes time. And um, I wanted to close this episode with reading this little excerpt from the book The Life-Giving Home by Sally and Sarah Clarkson. Homemaking, not in the sense of housekeeping, but in the broader sense of cultivating the life of a home, has to be done on purpose. What makes a home is the life shared there, wherever that may be, and cultivating the life of home requires intentionality, planning, and design. There must be someone or several someones to craft the life, the beauty, the love, and the inspiration that flows from that place. Now it's time for Daily Delights, the part of the show where we share a routine, music, books, shows, recipes, anything that has elevated our everyday experiences. My Daily Delight comes from a purchase I made because I went to Alaska and spent a week out there and the weather out in Alaska is frigid. (laughs) And so I knew going there I would need to buy some really great warm clothing options and I, I tried Smart Wool for the first time, which is a brand of wool that's made uh, so it's really thin and comfortable and it's not scratchy whatsoever. Um, these base layers work really great underneath clothing because of how thin they make them and how comfortable they are. You, you can't even notice that you're wearing a layer underneath. And um, I got the 250 base layer, and if you're not familiar with Smart Wool, there's different numbers to correlate the the level of insulation that it provides the body. And I was just really impressed by this product, and I'm surprised I haven't tried it sooner because it's it's great for um, if you're in situations where you have to wear things a few days at a time in between washes because of them being made out of the wool it doesn't hold on to smell as much Mm -hmm. and i was just really pleased that i made the purchase they're they're a little bit of a spendier item to buy but they last forever what is your daily delight this week my daily delight this week is a new diffuser i just got for our kitchen it is a beautiful white ceramic diffuser by the brand vitruvi i've been eyeing this diffuser no joke for like two years maybe more it's probably been more than two years and i finally (laughs) just bit the bullet and bought it it went super on sale when we moved from hawaii i actually had to get rid of the diffuser that i had so i've been living without an essential oil diffuser for several months now which is odd for me because i like to diffuse oils in my home and um, so i've been really enjoying using my diffuser in the kitchen especially after i cook or Mm -hmm. um, as i'm living throughout the day yeah (laughs) it kind of helps to eliminate cooking smells and everything Um, but a diffuser blend that i've been really enjoying right now is uh, rose and lavender i don't know what it is about this scent combination but it brings me back to my childhood. Austin says it smells like an antique store, uh, which could be very true. <laughs> but there's something about this scent combination that I find very calming and kind of nostalgic. And I don't really know why. I still haven't put my finger on it. But um, I will link the diffuser that I bought in the show notes in case if you are interested in checking it out, as well as Shannon's Daily Delight as well. Mm-hmm. 
This concludes today's episode. If you enjoy our podcast, please consider leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Apple has the largest listener base, and this will tell Apple to recommend our podcast to other listeners who may be interested. If you listen on another platform, you can simply copy and paste your review to that platform for others who may listen there as well. All the show notes from each episode will be available in the details section of the episode, or you can find them on my website, nessablack.com slash theartofhomemaking. You can keep up with me on my Instagram at nessa.black, where I share everyday life, daily thoughts, and inspiration. You can also follow Shannon on her personal Instagram at shan.vantrice.